<laughs> there's some weird shit going on. <laughs> uh, yes. So should we just like jump into it? Let's I can see. never I can never decide how I want to say that. Like, should we dive into it? Should we jump into it? Well, should we like cannonball into it? That's what I said last week. You're like, do we want to? <laughs> like, do we want to? Should we cannonball into it? Do we belly flop into it? Like, I don't know what kind of into it. Should... Gently or <laughs> should we just put a finger in it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like it's pudding and you just like poke it. Yeah. Like, let's put our finger in it. Like, I don't know how I should address. <laughs> Under really dirty. I know. I'm sure it did. I just don't know how to address it, but it's okay. Let's do it. Yes. Also, All right. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm Monica. I'm Sarah. And welcome back to Don't Kill Your Darlings. Oh, it's good to see you, or we can't see you, but it's good to hear from you and you hear from us, these kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can see you, so that makes me happy. Yeah. That's the important thing. Yeah. All right. Well, this is going to be another um, one with no editing. So wish us luck again, because yet again, we are doing this on a Monday night. Well, because it's Valentine's Day and yeah, shit happens. Shit <laughs> happens. And it's 8 p.m. on a Monday night. And this comes out in like four hours or something stupid. No, six hours. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to we're just going to um, pump and dump, if you will. I was gonna say wing it, but okay. <laughs> I know we're just gonna pump and dump. I mean, we're just gonna pump it out and then dump it in your ears. It's fine. Does your mug say "fuck this shit"? <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah, my mug says "fuck this shit" in cursive <laughs> with like little flowers around it. I'll take a screenshot and I'll post it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I have a mug that on the bottom, like when you like, the only way you can see it. The message is if you're like someone is drinking, I'm a twat. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that though. See, I I mm, I can't wait till till the kids are older and I can finally have fun things in my house again that aren't gonna insult them. <laughs> They're gonna be like, my mom has a mug that says "fuck you." <laughs> I mean, my parents raised me on swearing yes mom i am blaming i'm not blaming you whatever mom i i know you'll listen to this uh, <laughs> but I've, I've been swearing for ages no one gives a shit <laughs> not well, really well my mom does sorry mom sorry I still sorry monica's mom <laughs> uh, yeah it's fine i'm not even sure if she listens i know that she looked it up but i don't know if she listens but this will be my sign to know if she listens or not if she's like of course i listen and texts me in like a week or something we'll see my mom asked me the day after like did you did you post the new did you post the new one and i was like yeah, yeah i did <laughs> yes there. she also asked me about my about my date last night how i haven't asked you about your date last night how did your date last night go so well it wasn't just last night oh so um it's a person that i pursued not like predatory way um via like i was coming home from work and there's a sandwich shop near my place and, was, and we hit it off and it kind of like you know sometimes you just click with a person similar to the way i click with you monica yeah for example yeah like you just know um and we've got on like five or yeah five dates, and 
he invited me over and he made me lunch and then we hung out, met his roommates and I met his friends for, and we went to like a Super Bowl party and it was really, really fun. Oh, fun. How did you like the football? Do you I, like football? Uh, it's fine. I, I know oh. football. I understand oh, okay. football. I, I, nothing against or towards football. I was like, oh, I understand these rules, but I was like, halftime show. <laughs> yes. I was like, I know you're not like a sports person yeah, no, particularly so i wasn't I sure yeah i don't judge people who do love sports it's just i mean well, i understand football i actually wanted to play football when i was younger and i'm just i don't know probably not good at it so <laughs> nice yeah. well, obviously you like people that like sports because i'm your best friend so yeah. and i like freaking love sports so uh, yeah fuck yeah the voice is a little hoarse because I was like, ah, sports. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But yeah, it was a really fun time. And it was a nice, fun, safe, like queer environment. So love that journey. Love it. Perfect. Well, let's just dip our fingers into it. <laughs> I actually don't know what story you're doing this week. I know I was going, I was going to ask you today if you wanted to know what it was or not. And then I was like, you know what? We got this far. So we're just gonna, this is the first time that you're going in blind. Yes. I'm going in blind. Yeah. All right. Well, um, it's my favorite day. It's Monica day, obviously, but today I am going to be telling the story of the Hatfield McCoy feud. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. We are going way, way back. Okay, I'm so fucking excited. (laughs) (laughs) For a long time, I thought they weren't actually real people, but they are. They are. Yeah, I feel like I watched a miniseries about this. It's so fucking fascinating. Okay, I'm glad you're covering this. Thank you. Because, oh my God, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. I'm not sure my soul is ready, but I'm ready. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. So um, a lot of my info came from explorekyhistory.ky.gov. So really legit. And then historycollection.com and actually a PBS documentary called The Feud. It's like a really cute little short 50-minute PBS documentary. I had to buy a PBS subscription, so now I'm now I'm supporting the public broadcasting system. So which that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my husband says the miniseries was very good, although perhaps not historically accurate. I think that's the one I watch, actually. The one with um What's that handsome old older gentleman? What's his name? He's in, he's in Yellowstone. <laughs> Kevin Costner. All right. That, yes. That's what I watch. That's what I watch. Okay. Okay. I have not seen that. So I don't know how historically accurate that is. And I did not watch it. So I know that what I'm saying is just from my research, not anything I remember from a show that I've never seen. Fair. You so that's fair. All right, let's let's take it way back. We're we're traveling back to the mid 1800s in the Appalachian Mountains in the United States. Obvs. The Hatfields and McCoys were some of the first settlers in the Tug River Valley region, which is on the border of Kentucky and West Virginia. But at the time, it was all Virginia. West Virginia hadn't existed yet. Uh, the states were split by the Tug River. It was a sparsely populated tight-knit community of mostly hog ranchers and hunters again with the hogs (laughs) i know i don't know what my problem is with this like odd fascination with pigs 
because in every other aspect of my life, I don't have this odd fascination, but I feel like in every episode, I, there's been something about a pig. <laughs> I don't know. And there's a big thing about a pig in this. So <laughs> I'm prepared, I think. Okay. okay. So prior to the feud, everyone, just the whole community lived harmoniously. The Hatfields and McCoys actually had some of the same relatives. It was a small agricultural valley. They had really large families and they all worked together as a community to kind of take care of each other in the middle of like nowhere in the mountains mm. in Appalachia. Mm. Gorgeous area, by the way. Oh my God, I know. I love that area. Beautiful. It's very hazardous to live in, but it's beautiful. Yeah, I've been, I've been to that region once. And I literally just drove through it and I was, I've been wanting to go back ever since, but beautiful life gets in the way of that. But yes, very gorgeous, gorgeous area. My my roommate, uh, her family lives in the Tennessee, Kentucky, that area. Nice. All right. So that is kind of like the background, like where, what the area was like. Uh, So now I'm going to do some family introductions. I am going to introduce the patriarchs of the family. I know, fuck the patriarchy, but they're important characters. She's make a funny face. <laughs> I did, yes, yes. But this is, these are the two people that fucking hate each other. So we're going to, it's important to introduce them first. So yeah. this is a big family. They have tons of fucking children and there's a lot of names so for clarity's sake throughout the story i'm going to always try to reference first and last names because there's a lot of names and if i don't say the last names you might get i i personally will get confused about which side (laughs) that they are actually on so because of the potential you know they were maybe related (laughs) yeah exactly and just yeah that's uh, it it might get annoying because i'm gonna say the same name over and over again and say the last name over and over again but there's just so many people i don't want anyone to get confused about what their last name is so like i said i'm gonna start with the patriarchs of both families and then i'm gonna add the kids in as the story progresses think that's the least confusing way to do it because even like when I first started my research I was like oh my god I cannot keep this straight (laughs) it's it's bad okay and you'll see in a minute why oh yeah like the Duggars basically yeah (laughs) it's it's the it's the Appalachian 1800s version of the Duggars only there's more like every family has 20 fucking kids okay well that's an exaggeration it's less than that but (laughs) it's the old west duggars (laughs) no they're the appalachian duggars oh the appalachian duggars yes that's it (laughs) all right so for the mccoys their patriarch if you will was randolph old rannell mccoy i Mm -hmm. in my notes i i reference him as him as old rannell the whole time but i don't know how long i'm going to be able to do that so i might switch between old rannell and randolph we'll see he's so ghost i know (laughs) he was born on october 30th 1825 so he's a ghost it's spooky month so i mean now he's a ghost they're all ghosts at this point yes i know but (laughs) yes but he married his first cousin, Sally, when she he was 24 and she was 20. 
And I know that they didn't have science back then to tell them that was a no-no, but still, ew. It's still technically legal in half of the United States. Seriously? Yes. Ew. And to marry your second cousin, I believe, is legal in all of the states. I believe. Is there, like, science behind that reasoning or? I'm not that kind of doctor. I know. I I always forget you're not that kind of doctor. I believe there is. Okay. Um, I just don't know what it specifically is. Gross. Okay. Moving on. It's still gross. Okay. He married his first cousin, blah, blah, blah. Um, they, uh, However, they were doing the dirty before they got married because their first child was born the year prior. Of course they were. Of course they were. They had a total of 17 children together. Two of them died in an early age, but the rest lived on. Because of maybe the incest? But I, I don't know. Or like the measles or whatever else sort of old timey diseases like the oregon trail like i don't know like what were the what were the other diseases dysentery, the spanish flu <laughs> yes yes dysentery <laughs> that's the that's the one shitting yourself <laughs> crossing the river like i don't know <laughs> okay so anyway uh old ranel mccoy was known as cranky very serious and overall not very well liked he and his family homesteaded on the Kentucky side of the river. Okay. Okay. Now for the Hatfields, their patriarch. Okay. And the, the nicknames in all of these are fucking fantastic. So, okay. Anyway, their patriarch was William Anderson Devil Ants Hatfield. Devil Ants Hatfield lived on the Virginian side, which is present day West Virginia. Devil Ann's Hatfield was born in 1839. He's a little bit younger than old Rannell. He, uh, Devil Ann's Hatfield, married Levisa Chapin, who was not his first cousin, in 1861. And they went on to have 13 children together. <laughs> they could have done better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, seriously, there is a total of 30 children between these two families. That is so many kids. <laughs> it's a fucking pile of children. I just, I don't even know how they would feed them. Like, I, I don't understand how this worked. So Devil Ants was known as being ill-tempered, obviously. He was a very good huntsman and soldier, and he was very business-minded. What was his business? Uh, he, when he got back from the Civil War, he started a very successful timber business. Oh, gotcha. Okay. He, okay. I, and I'm sure, you know, he had some... PTSD after you know being in the war so oh no he loved it he was very yeah. good at it oh that's why he was scary that's why he had like the evil eye after getting back from the war he has a fucking look I think he is gonna be what I post on the Instagram because he has a fucking look he's got a nose and he's got these eyes and it is just a look I can't even describe him he is a uh, weird I'm weirdly intrigued. So the the show that I watch is probably not accurate, but I'm very intrigued to see this picture. <laughs> I'm sure that they could not find a modern man that looks anything remotely like this man. He looks like an old timey. His nose is like pointed down, like he's got these eyeballs. Or like, do you think he got like hit with a gun? I I don't know, but like the tip of his nose points down. Anyway, I'll post it on the Instagram. Okay. Moving forward to the 1860s, the mid-1860s. After the Civil War? During. During, okay. Because yes. the Civil War ended in 1865, right? One. 1861, oh, okay. I believe. 
I think it started, hold on, now you're making me um, doubt myself on that, that date. Start of Civil War, 1861. Okay. Yes, I was correct. Okay. Yeah, that's funny because that's literally the next sentence is my notes. At this point, the Civil War is going on and it's tearing the community apart. <laughs> the Tug River Valley was borderland between the Union and the Confederacy and families were torn apart as members took sides. Mm -hmm. Things got even more complicated in 1863 when West Virginia decided to secede from Virginia to create a new state and join the Union side. So in the Tug River Valley, there were guerrilla fighters on both sides that were terrorizing local populations and looting and burning down homes, stealing animals, etc. Like pigs? No, sorry. The The question I asked was, when did it end? It was 65. It started in 61. Sorry oh, yeah. Oh, when did it end? I think it was 65. Yeah, it did end in 65. So it started. In, so it was the Mason-Dixon line is where we're talking about, essentially. Yes. Thank you Perfect. for clarifying. You're you welcome. For You're welcome. Okay, so civil war is going on. This is the political environment that's happening when the bad blood kind of begins between the two families, which is the death of Harmon McCoy. This is old Rannell McCoy's younger brother. Okay. So while most of the Hatfield, the Hatfield and McCoy families both sided heavily with the Confederacy, Harmon McCoy was a Union soldier. He was the only one that sided with the Union between both families. Interesting. Yes. He broke his leg during his service and he was sent home to recover on December 24th, 1864, Christmas Eve, 1864. However, when he returned, his friends and neighbors did not trust him. Yep, because of, because the, of the situation of it all. Yeah. Yes. So Devil Ants Hatfield was the leader of a Confederate guerrilla unit in the area called the Logan Wildcats. They quickly targeted Harmon McCoy upon his return because of his ties to the Union. Harmon was warned that the guerrilla unit was coming for him and he hid out in a cave to try to avoid them and nurse his broken leg back to health. I wouldn't want to hang out in a cave when I'm feeling gently ill. <laughs> <laughs> gently ill. It's like, if I'm like, I have like a slight cold, I'm going to hang out in a cave. <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> yeah, it probably doesn't do good for the healing process. No, I'm not going to go spelunking with, you know, bronchitis. <laughs> yeah. Well, his healing process didn't actually matter because on January 7th, 1865, the Confederate guerrilla unit led by Devil Ants Hatfield found him and murdered him in his cave. Now, I said this kind of started the bad blood between the families because the feud itself didn't officially begin actually until over 10 years later. So this seems to be more about civil war differences and the mm. Union versus the Confederacy than the actual family feud. Mm. Both, both families sided with the Confederacy. So even though Harmon McCoy was killed by a member of the Hatfield family, no one was particularly upset about it and everyone kind of felt that it was deserved and there wasn't any upheaval or outcries between the families after this death because they were both at that time on the same political side except for poor Harmon mccoy 
Poor Harmon. Like, I can't believe that political, well, I guess we do live in a world where politics do tear families apart. So, yeah, I guess it, poor Harmon. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he was on the right side of history. He was on the right side of history and then he died. (laughs) As a lot of of people on the right side of history do. (laughs) Uh, So sorry. Dark. (laughs) Sorry, Harmon. Anyway. Anyway, so the real problems start in 1878, which is, but what is that? 13 years 13 later. Years the end of the Civil War. Yeah. Yes. So 13 years later. And the real problems started over something much less murdery. So, yes, as I mentioned earlier, most people that lived in the Tug River Valley were hog ranchers. This includes both of the Hatfield and McCoy families. So one day in 1878, old Randall McCoy went over to his wife's brother-in-law's farm. So his wife's sister's husband was Floyd Hatfield, who also happened to be Devil Ants Hatfield's cousin. It's a small town. You just got to get used to the... (laughs) Because of the inbreeding and the incest of it all. And that just all. I'm just, I'm just calling it incest at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a small town. They don't have a lot of options. And it's not like families are like, you know, banging their brothers. It's just like there's only a couple families to choose from. So they're all connected. <clears throat> Except for that first cousin thing back there. So, yeah, actually, you know what? Yeah, incest is a pretty good term for it. <laughs> I'm just going to call it that. <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on. Old Randall McCoy was over at Devil Ants Hatfield's cousin's house, and he was related to this person, Floyd. So while old Randall McCoy was there, he thought he saw one of his pigs in with Floyd Hatfield's pigs. So everyone at the time had different notches that they cut into their pig's ears to tell them apart. Everyone had their own kind of like brand, only it was a cut in the pig's ears. And in the area, in the summertime, the, the hogs would just kind of wander around the mountainsides and then they'd gather them in for the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times with horses, you'll put like a, a tag on their ear. Ye- oh, yeah, the cattle. 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 Yeah. 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 Or like sheep. Like sheep, most of the time, like, you know, a lot of times they run around the mountains and then they the sheep people, herders, bring them back in for wintertime. Mm-hmm. So anyway... Old Randall McCoy was convinced that he saw a pig with his notch in the air at Floyd Hatfield's pen. So old Randall McCoy accused Floyd Hatfield of stealing from him, and he was fucking furious. Like, he just, like, fucking blew shit up. Not over the death of his brother, but (laughs) over his pig. How was he like, I'm sadder about this pig? (laughs) Well, because the pig wasn't a member of the Union Army. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) So anyway, old Randall McCoy complained about it so much and accused the Hatfields of being thieves so much that a legal court was formed to decide the matter. Yes, son. I know. It was presided over by the local justice of the peace, Anne's Hatfield. But not Devil Anne's Hatfield. This is Preacher Anne's Hatfield, his cousin. Course. <laughs> Sorry, we're both silently laughing over here. So, <laughs> preacher Anne's Hatfield, 
created a jury that consisted of six Hatfields and six McCoys to try to keep it fair. That's not, not fair because you it's it's a split jury. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the the justice of the peace was a Hatfield. So Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. The jury found Floyd Hatfield not guilty of stealing old Ranel McCoy's pig. Okay. So this okay. is where the real tensions began, as the McCoys thought that the trial was not fair. The deciding vote actually... Like, it doesn't sound like the trial was fair. No, no. But the deciding vote ended up coming down to a man named Bill Statton, who actually had relatives on both sides of the family. Of course he did. Yes. <laughs> like he's in yeah. a small town. <laughs> yes. So um, Bill Statton was the one that said that Floyd Hatfield had not stolen old Ranel McCoy's pig. All right. So just days after the trial, a cousin of old Ranel McCoy, squirrel hunting Sam McCoy, killed Bill Statton. Okay, wait. Was that his nickname, Squirrel Hunting? Yes. And <laughs> if you look at him, he looks like a squirrel hunter. That is beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. <laughs> yes. Squirrel Hunting Sam McCoy killed Bill Statton for saying that Floyd Hatfield did not steal old Ranel McCoy's pig. And if you, like I said, please Google pictures of these people because... Oh, I am going to fucking do that. <laughs> yes, because Squirrel Hunting Sam McCoy has a fucking wild look in his eyes and he hunts squirrels. He like tracks them <laughs> and he doesn't smile because it's the 1800s. He just has crazy eyes. Just, just Google it, I beg you. Okay, moving on. Two years later, in 1880, old Ranel McCoy's daughter, Rosanna McCoy, began a relationship with Devil Ants Hatfield's son, Jauncey. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I didn't hear anyone say it, so I'm just going to call him John C. Could be Johns. It's J-O-N-S-E. That makes sense to me. But ants, like devil ants, ants is A-N-S-E. Mm. So I don't know if it should be John C or Johns. I like John C. It sounds better. So we're going to go with that. Yeah. Don't it judge me. Jaunty. Yes, yes. Okay, so old Randall McCoy's daughter, Rosanna McCoy, began a relationship with Devil Ants Hatfield's son, Jonesy Hatfield. This did not go over well with the McCoys as they still harbored resentment over the stolen pig trial situation. So Rosanna McCoy had to run away from her family's farm in Kentucky to go live with the Hatfields across the river in West Virginia. Now, I found a website called AppalachianLady.wordpress.com, and she claims to be a descendant of the Hatfields. I can't find the person's real name on the website, and there's no, like, about me section on the website, so I'm not sure on the validity of what I'm about to say, but it is an interesting twist on things. So, if you have a problem with it, hit up that website, not me. You do not need to quantify, qualify, etc. No, you yes. So you you did your damn research. <laughs> yes. So most of the time, the Rosanna McCoy and John C. Hatfield story is described as a Romeo and Juliet story of two young people finding love between feuding families. However, according to the blog, I found it was not actually like that. John C. Hatfield was a ladies' man, and he was a huge flirt, and he was a player. 
He always had a lot of girlfriends at the same time and would coerce all of them to sleep with him by telling them that he loved them and wanting to marry them. And then once he was done with them, he'd be ghosting them. Actually, that is kind of Romeo. He did do that. Did he? He did that with Rosalind, yeah. Ah. Oh, Rosalind. Oh, she's joining a nunnery. Okay, I'm going to find someone else three days later. So it is, but I'm not romanticizing Romeo and Juliet or this situation. Okay, well, everyone else does. So (laughs) moving on. That's my favorite teacher play. But no, not romantic. Not romantic. (laughs) Okay, perfect. We got that. This was not romantic either. So no, no, no. no. He sounds like a dick. (laughs) He does sound like a dick. So, and also, Rosanna McCoy was very innocent and sheltered, and she fell for John C. Hatfield's act right away. She ran away to live with them because she thought it was true love. So John C. Hatfield, of course, ended up getting Rosanna McCoy pregnant. Yeah. Yes. Probably very quickly. Yes. So old Randall McCoy had already completely disowned his daughter because of the shame that her actions were bringing upon their family. And like I said, the McCoys were still really butthurt about the pig thing. So obviously they were against a marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, Devil Ants Hatfield was also against this marriage. Even though a shotgun wedding was the norm at the time if a boy got a girl pregnant. Which I found out actually means that the boy was forced to marry the pregnant girl at gunpoint. Because the the dad's... So the the term came from the the bride to be her dad like at point of gunshot said you will marry my daughter or else I will kill you. That's where the the phrase shotgun wedding came from. Even though a shotgun wedding as we just discussed was the norm, it never happened in this situation. Instead, Devil Ants Hatfield forced his son to stop the charade with Rosanna McCoy. Because the McCoy brothers were coming after John C. Hatfield and trying to kill him for defiling their sister. Yes. Yes. So Rosanna McCoy went back to Kentucky. She tried to go back to her dad's house. He said, fuck off. And she went to go live with her aunt. She gave birth to their child who passed away from the measles within a year. Oh, no. Yeah. Shitbag John C. Hatfield went on to marry Rosanna McCoy's cousin, Nancy McCoy. Because he's a shitbag. Thank you for calling him a shitbag more than once. I appreciate that. <laughs> he's a double shitbag. Yeah, a double shitbag. What a shitbag. <laughs> yeah, there's just, she's just a, uh, there's no other word. Okay, so that there was the pig situation. And then there was the, the shitty Romeo and Juliet thing that wasn't really that. Okay, so now. Things really started heating up on Election Day in Kentucky on August 7th, 1882. Families from both sides of the Tug River came for the day to Pike County, Kentucky. Uh, Election days were very lively, festive, but also a little tense between the political sides. Uh, Basically, a lot of men were gathering together and drinking a lot of alcohol and discussing politics. So tell me what could go wrong there. Everything. Literally everything. So. Most of the things. (laughs) Yes. So Ellison Hatfield, and this is Devil Ants Hatfield's brother. 
ended up in a heated argument, allegedly over a small debt with Tolbert McCoy, Farmer McCoy, with a PH, not an F, and Randolph McCoy Jr. All three were old Randall McCoy's sons. So Devil Ant's brother and then is fighting with three of old Randall McCoy's sons. Things escalated and Ellison Hatfield was stabbed 27 times. That's a lot of times. <laughs> That's a lot of times to be stabbed. But he kept fighting back, even though he was unarmed and outnumbered. He managed to pick up a rock, and just when he was about to strike Tolbert McCoy in the head, one of the McCoy brothers shot him in the back. One of the McCoy brothers shot Ellison Hatfield in the back. That's just fucking rude. I mean, the whole thing is fucking rude. Like, Ellison didn't have... Ellison Hatfield didn't have any weapon on him at all. And he's sitting there being stabbed by three McCoy brothers. And then he finally gets a weapon. He finally gets a rock. And then one of the McCoy brothers shoots him in the back. Yes. Fucking fuck. Yes. So Ellison Hatfield was severely wounded, but he was still alive and he was transported to a hospital. I know I wouldn't be able to survive 27 stab wounds for sure. I would be long gone. I would be ghosting above like, stop stabbing me. I'd be like, I can handle one. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thankfully, the three McCoy brothers were immediately arrested. However, they never made it to the jail in Pikeville because... Devil Ants Hatfield took matters into his own hands once he realized what had happened between the McCoy brothers and his brother. So Devil Ants Hatfield got a crew together and intercepted the jail convoy. They managed to get a hold of the three McCoy brothers from the lawmen, and they brought them back to the Hatfield land in West Virginia. The McCoy brothers were held prisoner in an abandoned schoolhouse, And Devil Ants Hatfield told the McCoy brothers that if his brother Ellison Hatfield died, then all three of them would die as well. Holy shit. Oh, I know. That's so fucking fascinating. It's wild. This whole, this whole story is just like, holy shit. So, yes. So when Sally McCoy, the boy's mother, heard of what was happening, she heard what happened on the first night. She crossed the river to the West Virginia side. Apparently it was pouring rain, very dramatic, and she begged for her son's lives. She wanted an actual trial to happen on the Kentucky side so that it would be fair. However, Devil Ants Hatfield politely declined her request, and he... Politely. Politely. I I honestly don't know if it was polite or not, but he declined her request, refusing to pass them back to the Kentucky constables on the other side of the river because they're in West Virginia. So Ellison Hatfield died from his injuries two days later. So devil, what devil Ants Hatfield did, um, he, he brought his, his little posse and he brought the McCoy brothers to the back to the Kentucky side of the river, just to the riverbank. They blindfolded the three bro- the three McCoy brothers, tied them to pawpaw trees on the riverbank, and they murdered the McCoy brothers basically by firing squad. Oh my fucking god! Yeah. So, old Ranel McCoy wanted revenge after he lost three sons in this incident, but Sally didn't want to get involved. She was trying to avoid more bloodshed. 
between the families. And uh, apparently most of the people thought that it was justified at the time because it was kind of like an eye for an eye thing because the three McCoy boys jumped this unarmed Ellison Hatfield and killed him. So I, I'm, I'm not personally for like an eye for an eye, but I do understand where people were coming from at that time. That was the, the lay of the land. If you yeah. know what I mean? Like it really was. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have done it. No. Me, but so anyway, the clash, the feud between the families moved into legal channels and cooled off considerably after this incident until Kentucky finally moved to arrest the Hatfields five years later. So old Randall McCoy was trying to get the Hatfields extradited to Kentucky to stand trial for killing his three sons, but he wasn't politically connected and he was unable to make that happen, if you will. However, five years later, he got some help. I'm sure you don't mean therapeutic help. <laughs> no, he didn't get that kind of help. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yes. So the move to arrest the Hatfields was politically possible because of a man named Perry Klein. Old Ranald McCoy turned to Perry Klein to try to get the Hatfields arrested. We're going to go back in time briefly, very briefly. Remember Harmon McCoy, old Reynolds brother, the Union soldier that was killed by Devil Ants Hatfield's Civil War guerrilla crew? Yeah, the first one killed? The first one, yes. Okay. So the newcomer on the scene, Perry, well, he's not a newcomer, but in the story. So Perry Klein actually married Harmon McCoy's widow. Oh. Yes. Typical small town. Everyone's connected somehow. At least not incest. <laughs> At least, yes. So Perry Klein, but, but Perry Klein isn't just on the McCoy's side because of his marriage. He also has a separate beef with Devil Ants Hatfield. So back at the end of the Civil War, Devil Ants Hatfield had started a very successful timber company. Whoa, that was a hard word for me to say. Devil Ants Hatfield had started a very successful timber company, which I had mentioned earlier. And Perry Klein was involved in a dispute over timber rights of a large tract of land that he owned, mm -hmm. that Perry Klein owned. And it was taken to court, and the court dispute was settled in favor of Devil Ants Hatfield. And Perry Klein was basically forced to give over 5,000 acres of his land to the Hatfields. Oh, wow. So he's got some beef. Yeah. He's got some beef. He married into the McCoys, basically. And... He has separate beef. So he is the one that is kind of making this move to arrest the Hatfields possible. So we're, yes. Yeah, so we're fast forwarding back to 1887, which again, five years after the murders of the three McCoy brothers, Perry Klein had political ties and he was able to have the indictments against Devil Ants Hatfield reinstated. Rewards went out for the arrest and extradition of Devil Ants Hatfield out of West Virginia and back to Kentucky to stand trial. Interesting. Yes. So word was getting back to the Hatfields that bounty hunters were looking for them to bring them back to Kentucky to stand trial, hmm. which brings us to the New Year's Day 1888 massacre. And this is what I've heard of. Yeah. You've heard of this part? This yeah. part. 
So historians don't agree on whether or not Devil Ants Hatfield actually approved of the plan for this massacre or not. They know he wasn't there, but they don't know if he actually like sent his family members to do it or not. Mm-hmm. But what happened was Devil Ants Hatfield's son, Cap Hatfield, led a night attack on old Randall McCoy's home as they slept. The Hatfield crew burned the McCoy homestead to the ground and they began shooting at and beating the family members as they fled from their home. Which is such a terrifying situation. I mean, they were sleeping. Like, this is the shittiest way to fucking, like, I know that the McCoy brothers surrounded a guy that was unarmed and killed him or whatever, but, you know, this is, these people are sleeping. No matter what. Like, it's both, it's shitty on both sides. Oh, yeah, these people, all these people suck. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, let's say that. (laughs) All these people suck. So, so... Old Randall McCoy managed to escape into the woods, but two of his children, a boy and a girl, killed in the gunfire. Oh. I know. Yeah. One one website I saw said they were killed by frostbite because it was the middle of the winter, but it doesn't make as much sense as gunfire. So I'm unsure. Gunfire makes sense to me, but again, I... I wasn't there, so. Yeah, I was unsure. I saw one website that said frostbite and many other ones said gunfire. Or it could be a unsure. combo. A combo? A combo of gunfire and frostbite? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> if you're going down and then you die of frostbite? I guess, but I don't think that's what it was because I don't think they were left there because there were survivors. I mean, and the survivors would have gone back before the frostbite would have killed them, I would think. Okay. Anyway. Yes. Anyway, I'm not sure. Let's move on. At the point. Sorry. Yes. So uh, old Randall McCoy's wife, Sarah McCoy, was very, very badly beaten as she was trying to save her children. She suffered a fractured skull, but she lived on. Oof. Yes. So after the massacre, after his, his homestead was burned down, uh, old Randall McCoy moved his entire family to Pikeville, Kentucky, where he lived out the rest of his life there living as a ferry operator. Now. I actually know of Pikeville. Do you? Yeah. Well, I, I was technically born and raised in Ohio, so yeah. Oh, it is close, isn't it? I always forget how close Ohio is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dixon line. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, however, this isn't quite the end of the feud. Okay. Obviously, burning down your enemy's home and killing two of his children in cold blood is punishable by law. I would think so. Yes. So the state of Kentucky sent more than three dozen special officers to go capture the Hatfields in West Virginia. Okay, okay. However, at the time... State warrants only had legal standing in their own state. I was going to ask about state warrants. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Yes. So legally, at the time, the state of Kentucky could not enter West Virginia to arrest anyone. But they did it anyway. Interesting. Yes. So Devil Ann's Hatfield and his family ran and hid in the woods and just ran off into the woods to try to escape arrest because they knew that three dozen Kentucky special officers were coming for them. 
Uh, but within a week after a standoff known as the Battle of Grapevine Creek, a total of eight of the Hatfield crew were captured and extradited back to Kentucky. <laughs> However, Devil Ants Hatfield and Cap Hatfield, the leader of the New Year's Day massacre, were not among the prisoners. Devil Ants Hatfield sold his land shortly after and moved north and built basically a fortress and had armed guards to protect him and keep him safe. And he <laughs> lived out the rest of his life there. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yes. The fact that Kentucky sent special officers into West Virginia caused huge problems between the government of West Virginia and the government of Kentucky. Like just a few years after the Civil War, a second war almost erupted just because of these two families fucking hating each other. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. The case actually made its way to the Supreme Court. Really? <laughs> yes, Not because the bad. governor of West Virginia was like, fuck you, governor of Kentucky. You can't do that. And then it ended up at the Supreme Court. I did not know that. That's really yes. interesting. Yes. <laughs> and these, the Supreme Court, they found that no federal law existed, which would prohibit the prisoners from being tried for the crimes committed in Kentucky, regardless of the nature of the events, which resulted in them being in custody. They decided that even though they were arrested illegally now that they were in the hands of kentucky they could be tried for their charges for the their crimes all of the hatfield crew were tried well all the captured hatfield crew were tried in kentucky and most of them were sentenced to prison time hmm. however there was one man who was sentenced to death for the crimes this was ellison mounts also known as cotton top he Obviously, has a different last name. He was a Hatfield uh, sympathizer. And although his parentage is unknown, many claim that he was the illegitimate son of Ellison Hatfield, who, if you remember, was Devil Ants' brother that was killed in the Election Day incident. Uh, so this, yes, and this is where it gets unfortunate. He was described as being a person with an intellectual disability. And again, only one sentence to death. So although the Hatfields had told him to plead guilty, hoping that that plea would lead to leniency in court, that is not what happened. Uh, Cottontop Mounts was hung in Pike County Jail on February 18th, 1890, and his final words were, the Hatfields made me do it. Oh my fuck no. Yep. And that is the end of the Hatfield-McCoy feud. Basically ended as a draw. Everyone had multiple, multiple deaths in their families, and both patriarchs were forced to flee the Tug River Valley. This is so fucking fascinating. I know. Lots of murder. Very murdery back then. Yeah. 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 Also, you did such a fucking good job, by the way. <laughs> Thank yeah. you yeah. for doing lots of last minute notes because my week was just a shit show. <laughs> no that was fucking so fascinating that's yeah. such an interesting tale thank you that's all i got sarah should should you tell the people where they can find us on instagram yes we are at dkyd podcast at instagram and on gmail as well yes so dkyd podcast at gmail.com always feel free to give us story suggestions or tell us how awesome we are and we love to hear how pretty we are. Just kidding. Pretty, even though you can't see us. Um, just, you know, feel free to 
flood us with compliments. I don't have a problem with that. Love me some compliments. Yes. Yes. We're, we're mostly on Instagram. We don't post on Facebook. Like True. I don't think I've posted on there at all, but we're there. If you search don't kill your darlings or on facebook.com slash DKYD podcast. Yeah. Anyway, that is that that's us. And um, guess what? Stay fresh. Cheese bags. <laughs> I can't. I just I can't. I don't know why I like it so much. <laughs> we will see you. Well, no, we will bring our voices to you next week. <laughs> yes, we shall. Mm-hmm. All righty. We love you. We love you, darlings.